So it's Revelation today that we're reading from. If you turn with me, just a couple of verses from chapter 16. It's been a month since we studied the book of Revelation. So just some thoughts today on the fifth dial. And remember as we read it that the man who's receiving the vision is a man who's all alone on a a Mediterranean island, on a prison island, John the Apostle, on Patmos, and how alone he must have felt. Possibly part of a chain gang involved in slave labor, although the Bible doesn't say But he was certainly in a very difficult situation. So uh, the Lord knows how to encourage those who are discouraged, those who are full of heartaches and those whose hearts are broken. He brings his word to them. And he brought his word to John on the Isle of Patmos. And uh, part of the encouragement was this series of seven vials, seven judgments upon the wicked. You see, one thing that will encourage you if you're a child of God is to know that one day the wicked will be punished. I was reading that glorious psalm, Psalm 37, during the week. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, for the wicked shall be cut off. The psalmist said there's going to come a day... Believer, when you you look for the wicked, they'll not be there because the Lord will deal with them. Those who have rebelled against him and rejected his gospel, they're going to be punished. And that's what's happening in Revelation 16. So it's verses 10 and 11 today, please. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for pain. The word nod there means to bite your tongue. So these people who are uh, experiencing this judgment from the Lord Jesus Christ, they are gnawing their tongues, they're biting their tongues, they're in agony. And the only thing that they can do to get any relief is by actually biting their tongue. And they're not only biting their tongue in agony, but they're biting it in rage. Oh, they are raging with the Saviour. They are full of fury toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they gnaw their tongues for pain. You can just imagine them shaking their fist at the risen Christ. If only they could get him, bring him down from heaven, they would kill him again. But they can't. Verse 11, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you that your word will not return to you void. It will accomplish uh, what you plan for it to accomplish. And we thank you, Lord, that we can trust your spirit to take the word that has been read today and to bless it to our hearts. We're praying now for the help of the Holy Spirit as we delve into this fifth vial, try to understand it today. Grant us help from heaven, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The title of my message today is The Lamps 
are going out. That was the, the phrase that was coined by the British Foreign Secretary, Sir Edward Grey, on the eve of the First World War. He said, the lamps are going out all over Europe. We shall not see them lit again in our lifetime. Well, I want to tell you folks that in Revelation chapter 16, the lamps go out. And it's not man puts them out, it's the Lord puts them out. The lights go out. The Lord Jesus switches off the lights. Judgment falls and darkness comes to the seat of the beast here. I believe what that means is the headquarters of the earthly rebellion against Christ. I don't know whether the Apostle John is talking here about the UN headquarters in New York, which recently put up a statue that looks very similar to the beast that's described in Revelation 13, um, which, by the way, for some reason they took down again. Maybe there was opposition to it, I don't know. But um, I don't know, maybe John's saying that the darkness is going to fall on the the headquarters of the United Nations in New York City. Or maybe he's referring to uh, the Vatican in Rome. Maybe that's the seat of the beast that he speaks of here in verse 10. The Vatican, the headquarters of the Roman Catholic cult. Didn't say church, not a church. It's a cult. We should pray that Roman Catholics would be delivered from it. Or maybe John's referring to the European Union. It's very interesting at the present time, with all that's going on, there's talk about energy shortages and energy rationing and the lights going out, even saw a news report there lately I think it was Ukraine actually and the president was encouraging the people to just to only turn on the lights when absolutely necessary not to put on your lights very much a lot of talk in the the European Union nations about the lights going out and the lamps going out this winter oh I wonder is that Revelation 16 being fulfilled before our very eyes not saying it is, but perhaps it is. You see, some people say the Bible is uh, old, musty, and dusty. It's out of date. It's a relic from the past. So they say that about Revelation. People avoid Revelation like, like the plague. I don't know why they do. Say it's hard to understand. Folks, the Holy Spirit is there to help us. And the Holy Spirit is saying to us today, the book of Revelation is more up to date than tomorrow's newspaper. So just in case anybody's wondering why we're studying it on the Sunday morning. Now we study other things during the week and the Sunday evening. You come and be encouraged. There's other topics, other things that maybe you say would apply more to you. But folks, let me say that the book of Revelation is of vital importance. So in verse 10, the the lights go out, and the fifth angel poured out his vial, or his bowl, upon the seat of the beast. And notice the next part. And his kingdom was full of darkness. His kingdom was full of darkness. So the darkness descends upon the headquarters of the Antichrist. 
literal darkness. I want you to note that this is not some metaphorical, symbolic darkness. There's people and they say the more or less write off the book of Revelation, say, oh, it's all just symbols. Nothing's literal. I'm sorry, but I don't share that conviction. I believe this is literal darkness here. It's like the ninth plague in the land of Egypt. You remember the ten plagues of Egypt. The ninth plague is recorded for us in Exodus 10 verse 21. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness. Now that's an interesting phrase, and let me stop there. A thick darkness. The Bible says in another place that the Lord dwells in the thick darkness. So guess who was here in Egypt? During this ninth plague, oh, the Lord was there. The Lord's with us today. We can't see him, but by his spirit he's here. Now you be very careful how you treat him. But the Lord was in Egypt. The darkness comes down. And then, of course, the tenth plague, the death of the firstborn. The Lord's still there because it's judgment day and time has come for judgment to begin on every house where the blood of the lamb is not on the door frame. The Lord's there to execute judgment. Let's read on. We're still in Exodus 10. So there's thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. So, so the, the Egyptians, darkness, the worst darkness that they've ever experienced. Can't see their finger in front of them. Darkness that could be felt. And, but the children of Israel, they, the Lord's ancient people, they have light in all their dwellings. They had the light. Oh, spiritually speaking, we're either in the darkness or we're in the light. We were either in the kingdom of darkness or we know the light of the world, the Lord Jesus. Which is it for, for us today? Are we like the Egyptians or are we like the Israelites? So the ninth plague in Egypt is, you would almost say that it's repeated here in Revelation chapter 16. The Lord switches off the lights. And then I want you to notice something else that's happening here. The Lord is giving uh, these people a taste of their own medicine. He's giving these rebels on planet Earth in Revelation 16 a taste of their own medicine. You see, these people here have filled the earth with darkness, all kinds of darkness, judicial darkness, technological darkness, spiritual darkness, moral darkness, racial darkness. These people have filled the earth 
with all manner of darkness. And guess what? What goes around comes around. And here in Revelation 16, you've got poetic justice. That's the phrase, poetic justice. In other words, what you have done to others will come back to you. It's the boomerang effect. Boomerangs always come back. And these people, these individuals who are still on the earth in this portion of scripture, they're going to get the boomerang effect. They have promoted darkness all their lives, polluted earth with their darkness. And now the boomerang hits them and the Lord sends darkness down upon them. Literal darkness. These, Paul refers to these people here in Ephesians 6. You remember in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Those of you who pray you know what I'm about to quote. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Do you get that phrase? The rulers of the darkness of this world. Darkness in Revelation 16. Darkness in Ephesians chapter 6. The rulers of the darkness of this world. I want to tell you folks today, in case you you don't know that there's rulers of the darkness in this world. Spiritual darkness. People in positions of power. And most of the church today are asleep and know nothing about them. And just disregard it all as conspiracy theory. But I want to tell you there are people in uh, important places today in positions of authority in the corridors of power. They're working behind the scenes, sinister individuals, to bring about the new world order. To bring about the kingdom of the Antichrist and to fill this world with darkness. One day they're going to pay for that darkness. You see, have you not noticed the banner going up toward Brother Graham's church in Macker Mason? Good banner there on the railings. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The Lord is light and mind you there's no shadow with a light. There's no uncleanness in him. He's perfect. And we'll be perfect someday too when we see him face to face. But the Lord hates spiritual darkness, this darkness that these rulers and these earth dwellers are are polluting and contaminating the earth with in Revelation chapter 16. Well, let's apply it. What sort of darkness do we find in our world today? You see, some people say, oh, well, you know, preachers never apply the passage. They never make it relevant. Well, I want to try to do that today. Technological darkness in our world today. That's what I'm going to call the first kind of darkness. Technological darkness. Censorship by YouTube. Even uh, Pastor John Hayes has been banned from YouTube. He's been deplatformed. Put in YouTube jail for a week. Because he was shining the light and the people who own YouTube and all their minions, they don't like the light of the truth of God's word being broadcast. 
They'd rather have darkness, technological darkness. What about TikTok? You know that uh, company, it's relatively new, but it's associated with the Chinese Communist Party. TikTok. I could rhyme off a list of Christian organizations that have been banned by TikTok. Permanently banned. Pro-life groups, anti-abortion groups, Christian groups. Oh, TikTok would rather have the darkness than the light. Facebook. Facebook jail. You have violated our community standards. Whatever that means. Technological darkness. Social media organizations censoring the truth of the gospel. Blacking out the light. Blocking out the light. Technological darkness. I want to tell you folks. YouTube and TikTok and Facebook and all the rest of them are going to answer to the Lord Jesus Christ someday. You believe me. You better believe it. Then there's spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness. Paganism, heathenism. If you don't believe that there's spiritual darkness in the world... Now you just come with me on Halloween night into the city. And me and you'll see spiritual darkness in a whole new realm. Pray for us as we reach out with the gospel that night. We've got to reach out. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Woe upon any believer who doesn't do something to reach lost souls. We have to go into enemy territory. But no matter if God be for us, who can be against us? And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. There's about 20 of us, I think, will be in the city on the 31st of October at the Halloween carnival. We'll be witnessing all that spiritual darkness, but hallelujah. The light of the world will be with us. Pray for us. The spiritual darkness. Oh, there's racial darkness today. Let me put it like that. Racial darkness? What does that mean? Racism towards white people. All you hear today is about racism towards black people. But you know there's racism towards white people too. And it's rampant today. British church newspaper headline on the front. Shocking anti-white lectures on NHS psychology course. A white nurse who along with other white students on an NHS run psychology course has regularly been berated for being white. And told that she must apologize for her whiteness. 
She has felt compelled to protest and is taking legal action. The two-year part-time course on forensic psychodynamic psychotherapy, boy, that's a mouthful for a Sunday morning, is being run at the Portman Clinic, part of the notorious Tavistock and Portman NHS Trust. This is in England, by the way. Portman NHS Trust, which was recently heavily criticised by the so-called CAS report for the damage it was causing to children with gender dysphoria, often rushing them into undergoing damaging and life-changing medical interventions to change their gender. It's all there, folks. You want the paper afterward, you can have it. Racial darkness. Turn on your TV and you see Black History Month. I'm wondering when White History Month is going to happen. I could be waiting a while. I won't be holding my breath. Racism. But you'll not hear about it on the rotten mainstream media. Not this kind of racism. I want to tell you folks, and I say this reverently, the Lord Jesus is colorblind. He doesn't care what color your skin is. What about the little children's chorus? Red and yellow, black and white. All are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus loves you whatever color your skin happens to be. Oh, there's moral darkness today, moral darkness, and I finish with this. Stonewall's Rainbow Laces campaign, the Premier League. You didn't notice yesterday, if you watched Match of the Day, Premier League footballers running around with rainbow-colored boot laces on. The Rainbow Laces campaign. Promoting sodomy. It's not only the, 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 the laces of the football boots, but it's the, the captain's armbands, of course, in the rainbow colours. Ball plinths. You know when the two teams walk out onto the pitch, the, 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 the ball is sitting on a thing called a plinth. Even the ball plinths, ball plinths are promoting homosexuality. LED perimeter boards, you know the the boards around the side of the pitch, all the messages come up. Propaganda, messaging around the pitch, promoting something the Lord calls an abomination. Folks, would you not agree there's a lot of moral darkness around? Well, the Lord is going to judge the darkness someday. And that's what we've been trying to make you aware of today. Now, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to get to know him today. If you do know the Lord Jesus, here's a verse for you. Sermon on the Mount. Ye are the light of the world. Ye are the light of the world. Oh yes, we know that Jesus is the light of the world. But then the Lord Jesus turns it around and he says to Christians, he says, you're the light of the world. And you've got to shine. Shine in the darkness. It's very easy to curse the darkness. But what we need to do is light a candle. 
Everybody, spiritually speaking, we can light a candle. Every individual here today can light a candle to, to dispel the darkness. Are you going to take your stand for the Lord? Or are you going to hide your candle under a bushel? What I'm urging you to be today is a spark in the dark. Be a spark in the dark. Maybe you're backslidden today. And I want to be gentle and tender with you because I was once a backslider. And the Lord is very tender and gentle with backsliders. And he longs for you to come back to him today. Maybe you say you're like Matthew 12. The Lord Jesus spoke spoke in that passage about a smoking flax. Smoking flax, a little a little lamp that's about to go out. Is that you today? To somebody here who's like that today, through the circumstances of light, your little light has almost gone out. Smoking flax. I want to tell you, friends, I'm not here to put it out. I'm here to fan it into a flame. You can come to the Lord today and come to me. I'll help you if I can, no problem. You want to meet up somewhere? You want to pick up the phone? I'll be there. But at the end of the day, I can't restore you. I can't save you. I can do nothing for you. I can just be a signpost to the one who can. And if you're smoking flax today, the Lord Jesus can fan your light into a flame. You can be a spark in the dark for him. Isn't that what we sung about last Sunday morning? Give me a vision, Lord divine. So charged with power that it shall shine. Out to the lost in deepest night. Wandering alone in their sad, sad plight. Hymn number 170, please. 170. We're going to the cross where the darkness came down. And the Lord Jesus hung in agony and shame in the darkness for three hours for you and for me. And let's sing and think about these words as we sing them. Verse 3, there's the reference to darkness. Well might the sun in darkness hide and shut his glories in when Christ the great creator died. For man, the creature's sin. Let's just have the first and last verses of 170. And we're standing to sing. 